Um, the title of my message is Wisdom Over Gold. Um, in order to reach spiritual gold, we must go through processes of acceptance. In Proverbs 16, verse 16, it says, How much better to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding should be chosen rather than silver. Just think about that for a minute. Like, imagine having like a whole treasure, treasure chest of gold, and in the Bible it says that wisdom and understanding is more valuable than that. Um, finding gold and silver requires miners to go digging deep into the ground, and it takes hard work, dedication, and a willingness to do the task. To find wisdom and understanding that God is offering us, we need to dig deep into things like his word, worship, and prayer, and be willing to do the tasks that he sets us to do. But this process begins with acceptance, um, an acceptance of Christ into our lives, an acceptance of the love, gift, and inheritance that our Father has for us, and an acceptance of his voice and call wherever, whenever, and whatever he says. Um, but before the mining can take place, roads have to be constructed to the area of which the gold lies so that it can be collected efficiently. Like this, we need to allow God into the areas of ourselves and our lives um, and create pathways for him so that he can strip back the rock to reveal the gold and leave us with wisdom and understanding. Um, in Romans 10:12, it says, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of, is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Um, and then in Romans 11:29, it says, For the gifts and the calling of God are ir irrevocable. Um, also, before the mining takes place, um, a section of rock um, is usually tested to see if it's actually worth mining in that area. Um, and God will always make sure that every area of your life is worth is worth it. And um, the type of mine is also determined um, so that they know how to get the gold out. And God knows the best way to uncover a certain area of yourself. In Galatians 5.1, um, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What areas of yourself or your life do you need to accept God into today? Allow the rocks of these areas to be vulnerable in front of him so that he can set you free from the bondages that are holding you back from the gold that lies behind. And in Romans 8, 1 to 2, um, there, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So when we open up to God to do the work that he, want, that he wants to do in us, we don't have to hold any shame or anything in front of him. Um, 
James 5, verse 7 to 8. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the Father waits for the precious fruit of... See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and later rain. You also be patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So the habits that you practice now are not just for this time and are not just um, in and are not yet in their fullness, um, but they are seeds of fruit that you are wisely planting and that will develop into your future and allow you to grow closer and richer spiritually. That's all. <laughs> okay, um, so when you think about it, it truly is amazing how God can look at us and see so much more than we ever could. It's amazing how he sees greatness, a future, and so much more than we could ever begin to imagine. Think about it. A potter looks at a lump of clay in his mind. He can see how he's going to shape it, mould it, to create a beautiful piece of pottery. If it doesn't turn out right the first time, he'll start again with patience and he'll reshape it. This is exactly how God shapes us in the sense of our morals, values, virtues and our traits of personality in the way that we can help him. In Jeremiah 18 verse 1 to 11 it says, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop and I'll speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then Lord gave me this then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hands, so you in my hand. If I announce that, that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, but then the nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. Therefore, Jeremiah, go down and warn Judah and Jerusalem. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. I am planning disaster for them, disaster for you instead of good. So turn from your evil ways, each of you, and do what is right. God created us the way he wants us. There are three main things that stood out to me in this story. The first one being the fact that he made us in the beginning. He made Adam and Eve in the beginning and he also created us individually. The second thing is that the potter, when the potter wasn't happy with the clay product, he crushed it and started from scratch again. This is exactly the same as us when we make mistakes. This leads into the third point, which is the fact that we have the choice of asking for forgiveness from God. And when we do, he'll reshape a part of us. In Psalms 139, verse 13 to 16, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are beautiful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, or the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. It is our responsibility to take what God has given us and use it for his glory. In doing so, we find fulfillment. Rather than live with disappointment and dissatisfaction with what God has or has not given us, we can choose to thank him in everything we do in our lives. Just as the clay finds its highest purpose when it remains pliable in the hands of the potter, so we live, 
So our lives fulfill their highest purpose when we let our potter, our God, have his way with us. I don't know who I am. Now, I have a question. Have any of you ever felt at any point in your life that you can't do something? We get put down a lot. A lot of us tend to put ourselves down. Can't do that. You're too young. You don't have enough money. Not ready. Not good enough. You're not the first one. This guy, Jeremiah, I'm sure you've heard of him, was 600 years before Jesus. Listen to this. Jeremiah 1, 6 to 8. Then I said, our Lord God, I cannot speak for you. I'm too young. And this is God's response. But the Lord said, do not say I am too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and protect you. The Lord has spoken. This first struck out to me because the story is about a teenager and God comes to him. Throughout the entire Bible, kids have been used to do God's work. And also pretty much throughout the entire Bible, they always say how they can't do that. I'm just a kid. I'm not good at any of that stuff. And that's what goes through our heads. But you have to understand, it's not just kids that go through that. Adults, old people, everyone goes through that. They all hear that voice that's telling them, no, you can't do that. But it's your choice to listen to that. I mean, God is, this is God we're talking about, this amazing person, who, well, not really person, who made the universe and every single one of you. He knows that you can talk to that person about God or cut out that addiction in your life or anything else. Now, the thing about Jeremiah was that he was always listening to God. And you can probably imagine that got him in a lot of trouble because he never sugarcoated anything, and other people did. They always wanted to please the king, the crowd, everyone. So they lied and told everyone what they wanted to hear. But God chose Jeremiah, even though it wasn't safe, even though he was just a kid, even though he didn't hold any titles, was incredibly rich. He was just some kid like you and me. The end of my, uh, yeah, sorry, I finished it really quickly. <laughs> I finish it with a story. Walking with God is like learning how to drive, kind of. Just say you're on the road at a normal speed, and suddenly, out of nowhere, another car pops up, and your teacher says, brake, like, stop. What do you do? Do you wait around a few seconds, asking yourself, do I really need to step on this brake? Can I? Is that my place? Is it, what if it's not enough? What if I get in a crash? What if I get hurt? And then slowly and cautiously step on the brake so you don't hurt yourself from the whiplash? Or do you just step on the brake? You stop yourself, and you, well, you don't stop yourself. You listen to God, and you do that because you're not always going to get the chance. When God says go, that's your job to go. You can't be too young to have a step on the brake, even if you're just a learner. It doesn't matter how old you are. If God calls you there, go there. Like he said before, I will be with you and protect you. Cool, I'm done. Sorry, really quickly. <laughs>